0: Welcome back. We are live this Sunday morning with our roundtable and let's get right to it. Tell you who is with us on this July 1st morning.
1: We have this morning Jessica Fernandez, Director of Public Affairs at AI Advisory, also Chair of the Miami Young Republicans. H.T. Smith is a Miami attorney, a law professor and a veteran in the fight for civil rights in South Florida and everywhere. Sanan Movisagi Gonzalez is founder and managing attorney at the Florida Immigration Law Council. And it's great to have everybody here Thank this morning. You. Great Good to be morning. here. Thank Thank you. You.
0: You. We are so glad you were here. I Jessica, let me begin with you if, if we can. I want to get you all the way in. But as the representative Republican here, uh, what did you think of the debate on Thursday night between Adam? Putnam and Ron DeSantis who's televised nationwide. In fact, on Fox Television, it seemed to me that they were both pretty accomplished debaters. But I mean, the only really question was there: who loves Donald Trump more?
2: <laughs> no, I think I think number one, the fact that the debate was televised on Fox News goes to show how important the state of Florida is. The executive who runs the state of Florida is very important. I thought the debate was great. You know, I think it was a, a an opportunity for us to hear directly from the candidates um, in a more direct way on specific policy issues. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm having a hard time being able to pick which one I I favor, but I think that they both did really great. They both hit on the issues that matter to to Floridians. Well,
0: what, what about, did, did they though? What, what, what about? <laughs> I mean, as a as a young woman, uh, when you heard them say we favor the heartbeat bill, which essentially says they would sign a bill that would end abortion, uh, fundamentally. What do, you, what do you think about that?
2: Look, I think that that's a very interesting question. I think that people uh, respect life. I think that there is no question that life begins at conception. I think that you know, we need to ensure that women have access to, ser- to health services that, that fit their need. I don't think anybody's trying to uh, take away women's health rights. Uh, you know, not, that's not what I heard. At uh, the debate on
1: uh, the other day. HT, it was, uh, you know, it's interesting that you said that because, first of all, I loved seeing this debate. It was feisty. It was in front of an audience that was really high energy. Mm-hmm. And the two of them, I learned, had some pretty snarky senses of humor, which, you know, they <laughs> yes. kind of went at it. But, but we didn't hear anything about education or the environment or even jobs, which is a prevailing theme in Florida. The state issues, I thought, kind of got lost.
3: Yeah, the- and it was wonderful for the uh, Democrats of Florida. Sixteen times DeSantis talked about how he loved Donald Trump. Five times. Uh, <laughs> there was a retort from uh, uh Putnam about how much he loved Donald Trump. And they basically said for Second Amendment, there should be no changes for common sense gun reforms. And DeSantis said I would have never signed that bill, right. the governor stopped. And right. then on the issue of abortion. So I think they were wonderful debaters. I think this went over very well with Republicans. But when the net when the uh general election comes along yeah. they're going to find that they're stuck to a tar baby and can't get away from yeah. it with regard to these issues. Uh,
0: Saman let, yes. me, let me ask your opinion sure. as an experienced immigration attorney both these candidates said that they support zero tolerance they right. said they don't like separating families but hey you know you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet I mean they pretty much accepted the president's immigration policy
4: Yes, they did. And I watched that debate, and I thought it was a, like everybody, it was a great debate. It was very entertaining. It, it looks was. like they had done that debate many times. Mm-hmm. I'd also watched the Democratic debate, which was, in my opinion, way more authentic and really talked about the issues. But when it comes to immigration, yes, that's what they were, they were saying everything that their base wanted them to say. And I don't think they really got into the specific issues of immigration. And whatever was happening, uh, going on right now with Donald Trump, they were supporting it. To show their base that they were supporting him as well.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and the, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry.
2: No, no. I just think that uh, people in the state of Florida voted for Donald Trump. They want immigration change. They don't want open borders. They don't want to abolish ICE. They don't want, you know, uh, this kind of this kind of lawlessness. So I do think that. Being able to support those, you know, the, the president's immigration policy, I think, plays well to to, to the base. But, but, but
0: thousands, excuse me, thousands of people in our state, in our community and across the country, hundreds of thousands of people came out yesterday with signs saying, don't separate families, bring these children back together with their parents. There's a strong, strong current running here, HT. No
3: doubt about it. And let's Let's be realistic. We don't go to bed at night. Leaving our front doors open, and nobody wants the front doors of America to be open. We right. want common sense, but when you talk about separating families, Americans of all races and all political parties say right. that's where you must stop. We did it for 250 years with little black babies as we sold away black people as slaves, and blacks and whites, right. abolitionists stood up and said, Not on our watch, right. not in our name. And then we did it again in 1944. Right. frank and delano roosevelt in put in concentration camps a hundred and twenty thousand japanese americans and yeah. separate their I've children
0: been, i've been to one of those camps and, and in fact uh, saman yeah. it was interesting almost a sidelight here but the supreme court ruling that allowed those japanese internment camps mm-hmm. was struck down by the supreme court this week
4: right I mean, you look at what's going on right now to the children. I mean, nobody wakes up and says, yes, like you said, we're going to go ahead and separate parents from children. And while there were already um, a settlement agreement in place, it was the administration that came out with their zero policy to go ahead and say, anybody who comes to the United States through the borders, now we're criminally prosecuting them. And this is what caused the whole snowball effect in order to remove their children from their parents. And now we're dealing with misplaced and
1: displaced children right Mm -hmm. now and having to go back and reunite them with their families, if we can. Worth it to say that there is a large segment of this population that is in favor of zero tolerance, aside from the the fallout with the families.
4: You know, which is, you know, it's amazing. And I was saying this earlier, nobody wants to be a, a refugee nobody wants to leave their home and come here I mean, you have to look <laughs> back to why they left where they left in order to get to the border i mean you're dealing with people who have been victims of gangs victims of rapes victim of robbery domestic violence and they're here coming to the greatest country on earth to try to get to try to rebuild their lives to try to get their family situation intact and now you want to criminally prosecute them for doing that and we well,
3: got to remember that uh, except for Native Americans, whose land this was, and slaves who were brought here and changed, everybody else came here through some way as immigrants. As immigrants. And this is not a zero uh, tolerance policy to most Americans. It is to some. Most it is zero humanity, inhumane policy. Jessica, and that has to change.
2: I think you know, just like you were saying, H. T. We don't go to sleep with our doors open at night. I think that, you know, we have rules in place. Our country is the most generous country in terms of accepting immigrants. You know, we have we have rules in this place. People want to come here because we have rule of law, because this is a safe place to be generally, because laws are enforced, because there is not this sense of lawlessness. So I think that is a key difference
1: of, of the Republican. The, and
3: r- all quick, Americans a, a are saying is do it humanely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Quick break. We are gonna be right back in two minutes. Don't go. Away.
0: Welcome back. We are in the midst of a robust roundtable, as they <laughs> often are, with Jessica H.T. and Simon. Simon, uh, late this week, maybe this weekend, the President sent out a tweet in which he said, "We are going to keep families together who have entered the country illegally, not at a port of entry, although maybe at a port of entry, and we are going to find military bases, or we're going to keep these families together even beyond 20 days." Now legally, is that possible?
4: No, it's not possible, but he, he seems to be able to do whatever that he likes to do in whatever order he wants to sign. But it's interesting how he just spews out these phrases and then thinks that everybody can communicate and work together to get them done. In, yeah, in well, a,
0: but excuse me, Customs and Border Patrol eventually right. went to the White House after the <laughs> zero tolerance policy was announced, and the head of Border Patrol said, We can't do this. Right. You no. Know, we can't turn over every person who crosses into the country and send them for a criminal prosecution. There
4: is no doubt that there needs to be reform done and then there's no doubt that they need to change the process of way these refugees and these individuals are coming through the border but to have them detained in military units or to have them separated is not the humane way to go about this process So there's an order without the capacity to fill it correct Correct. they said had we had we had um, the facility that's what we have done would we have done anyways is keep these families
1: together you know this week uh, sort of as a, a Very related segue, five to four by the slimmest majorities, the Supreme Court upheld the third iteration of the president's travel ban on what has been been called predominantly Muslim countries, although now it includes North Korea and it includes Venezuela. Correct. So what's interesting about this ruling is it on some level people are reacting to it like this legitimizes profiling or and is immoral. However, if I'm not mistaken, it's just a very narrow ruling that says the president did have the authority to make that decision. Jessica,
2: absolutely. I mean, I think we already knew that the president had the authority to make to make that decision. Also, if you look at the decision, the reason why this decision was made, it had to do with the fact that they can't really know who these people are. There, there's a breakdown in these particular countries that were identified where the documentation isn't always accurate and it's used as a method to be able to slip into countries and perhaps um you know perpetrate some type of terrorist activity so i think it's very important from a national security perspective to know exactly who is coming into this country so i agree with that
3: we knew that the president had this authority but the one thing the president can't do is to use the the uh, the authority in a discriminatory manner you please read sonia sotomayor's brilliant dissent where she says by blindly accepting President Donald Trump's invitation to sanction a discriminatory policy motivated by animosity against uh, a preferred group, all in the name of a uh, superficial claim of national security. The court now redeploys the same dangerous trend that it did in Korematsu. That is powerful. So
1: intent was at the heart of that dissent, but is intent legally part of the decision? It was, the decision came out
4: in order to have uh, the administration to go ahead and go forward with the executive order. Personally, I think the whole issue of the national security is a facade. I don't think that... Why, that, why is that? because. There is extreme vetting that goes on from these countries in, or, in order for these individuals to come to the United States. Yeah. If you meet people who come, especially from these Middle Eastern Muslim-majority countries, they wait for a background check, FBI check, name check, neighbor check, every type of check that you could possibly think of in order to give them authorization to come to the United States. Well, it's not something that they go and they scan their name and then that's it. And now what's going on right now with the travel ban, and we can talk about the waivers of what's happening there, they come up with the number that, oh, 655 waivers have been granted I have yet to meet one single person or know one single individual through my network of colleagues that a waiver has been granted to somebody to be able to come to the United States these are your clients these are are my clients And and, and
3: everybody agrees with Jessica that we need to try to keep terrorism from happening and so we go to the Capital Gazette newspaper Parkland Las Vegas Orlando Sandy Hook Charleston and Aurora Mm -hmm. all white Male United States citizens. We start need to start all, looking at them.
0: All mentally ill and all with access to guns.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And so we we need to kind of change the focus a little bit of where this terrorism is happening. Yeah.
0: Before we get off the Supreme Court, Jessica, this week uh, the retirement of Anthony Kennedy. This is one of the really critical moments. And elections have consequences. Yes, and yes, they the do. president the president says by July 9th. He is going to name a, a nominee to the Supreme Court. I mean, it's really a big deal.
2: It is a big deal. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why Republicans were so excited to vote for a Republican candidate in the 2016 election, knowing that we had all these vacancies coming up and some, some 2018 surprises.
3: 2018 election.
2: Oh, excuse me. Oh, you me. I mean I going going voted backwards? in yes. 2016.
3: To get that president. Correct. Yeah. So,
2: um, you know, it's for it's I think that this is a great opportunity to, they put forward a, a list of, you know students of Scalia people that have clerked under him so yeah. i think there's a lot of great candidates of uh, yeah. that might and, be able to come into this uh, into a uh, no, mold.
0: and i have no say in this i happen to be an admirer of judge federico moreno federal district court judge in miami and he is one of the 25 yes. names on the list we'll see yeah. what
3: happens we're about to take a tremendous turn right on the supreme court and like we say elections have consequences and so that's all the more reason that we must vote in the 2018 election and we must take to the streets because otherwise this is going to be a tremendous step back before our country in the area of human rights women's rights and civil rights
1: uh we have more round table after the break but we must take one so stay tuned (laughs)
0: And welcome back to yet another exciting segment here on The Roundtable, and we want to go back to the governor's race, talk a little bit about the Democratic side in the race. There are five candidates who are running on Monday night, two of them, Jeff Green, who's new into the race, and Andrew Gillum, who is not here, are the five candidates. Gillum up there on the left, Jeff Green in the middle, Gwen Graham, uh, Philip Levine, and Chris King. Well, there was a debate Monday night at Antioch Missionary Baptist Church, great church in Miami, and I moderated it. And here is what Jeff Green and uh, Mayor Gillum had to say. Well, hold on. We'll get to it in just a second.
1: And they were the only two candidates. They at were the only
0: two thing. over there. All right, we've got the sound bite right now. I'm a billionaire, but please don't hold that against me you know what I started I started with absolutely nothing I want to
3: know how it is that you expect to represent the varied interests of the people of the state of Florida if you don't sit down with the varied interests of the people of the state of Florida
0: point that Andrew Gillum was making there, HT is that if you want the vote from especially African-Americans go to where they are and ask them for it and Jeff Green to his credit did do that but on that particular night uh, none of the others did.
3: Right, and I think that Jeff Green deserves credit for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big supporter of Andrew Gillum. I really think, as a person who has been an executive, he's the most qualified. But he hasn't gotten his message out because of a lack of money. But now Tom Steyer just committed one million dollars to his campaign, five hundred dollars to his pack, and five hundred dollars to his pack, right. and five hundred thousand for Get Out the Vote uh, mail and digital. And so you're going to see his profile emerge. Uh, and Jeff Green going to take votes from the other three candidates, Chris King, Graham, and uh, the other.
0: Which is all to the good of Andrew Gillum. Right. If he gets a huge black turnout and minorities and kids and others who have been disaffected, he might turn out to be the nominee. Well, I'm
3: going to predict on this week in South Florida that Go for Andrew it. Gillum will be the Democratic nominee. As we see these young people travel around this uh, the 27th Congressional right. District and we see people repulsed by the zero humanity policy of separating babies and children from the yeah. children, you're going to see young people and 300,000 African Americans vote in a race where there'll be about a million votes. You know, Watch on, my word.
1: On the issues, the five Democratic candidates are pretty simpatico on all of the issues. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear, you know, what, the worst part of primary season is that NPAs without a party don't mm-hmm. get to vote, right? right. That's, uh, that's where we are yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, I want to get your take on the Democratic candidates. I mean, I just Especially with like Jeff Green's entrance into the race.
2: I think he's, he's, he's got a lot of money, and that's great for him to be able to put out his message. I do worry that Florida voters are getting most of these Democratic candidates are running very far to the left. I mean, some of them are even vo- running on as socialists, so that's very concerning. So Gwen
1: Graham is not. Gwen
2: Graham is yeah. probably the most balanced um, uh, of all the candidates on both parties in terms of BEING ABLE TO WORK WITH BOTH SIDES, THAT'S HER RECORD, Um, BUT I DO THINK THAT THERE IS A LOT OF CONCERNS uh, THAT I HAVE IN SOME OF THESE DEMOCRATIC CANDIDATES, SOME OF THEM TALKING ABOUT ABOLISHING ICE, Um, THAT'S VERY CONCERNING, WE LIVE IN A a BORDER STATE, Um, SO I I DO, I DON'T KNOW IF THAT'S uh, GOING TO CALL THE ATTENTION OF FLORIDA VOTERS THAT ARE LOOKING AT THE JOBS OR LOOKING AT uh, THE ECONOMY. They're looking at education policy, so we'll see what happens.
3: Just because, say, we live in a border state. We border Georgia and Alabama.
1: <laughs> saying, we border water
3: and, this, water.
2: and
0: the yeah. Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean we
3: also and
2: the have Caribbean. The most, the most Latin Americans come through uh, through 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 airplane or through you know. I agree with. So we yeah. we are a border state in that sense. Yeah. Wait,
1: how do you think about abolishing ICE as an immigration attorney? What's that perspective? I, I don't necessarily think that we should abolish
4: ICE, but I definitely think it needs to be reformed. It yep. needs to be reformed. I think it's gotten completely out of control, and I think that um, there is a broken down in the system. And I'm not. I I do think that there needs to be a mechanism in place to go after people who have really committed crimes and very serious crimes in the United States. But yeah. I don't believe in abolishing ICE. But right. I do want to say real quick, if I can, how important it is to go and make sure that you are registered to vote and that you have a party before July 30th, either Republican or Democrats, so you are able to vote in the primaries come August. And I think that yeah. right now we are in the brink where we need to really educate ourselves on what candidate best conforms to our morale and our beliefs. And now is the time to get out and go and vote no matter what. Yeah. A third, of, a third ice, of the state is independent.
3: Yeah. ICE is dumb <laughs> and it's politically bad. We need to reform the police, but we damn sure need police officers. Right, yeah. And we need ICE, but we yeah. need to reform
0: them. All right. That is going to be the final word here for this morning. <laughs> wish thank we
1: had you. more time. Jessica, HT,
0: Simone, <laughs> great, great to have to you. Have